how's your quarantine going? I <laughs> I don't know. I today was the first day I woke up that I was like I really really truly had no idea what day it was. One and I it, also not one bit, not one bit did I, also I know. I said that I also woke up and at one point I was like is it is it Thursday? I, yeah. What's the day? I mean, I've had that before happen, but I no. would have an idea of like, wait a minute. No. Yesterday was this, so I know today is this, but I it took me a good it took me a I had to actually seconds. look at my watch. It took me a few seconds. I had to was... look at my watch and see it was Monday. Like, what is going that's, on? That's the world. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Episode 42 in our new reality. We don't know what day, time, or year it is. It's somewhere mid-year 20... <laughs> 20. For first century? I don't know about that. I don't know anything about the 20, centuries. It's the 21st century. <laughs> Never-ending story. <laughs> Never ending intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to jump right in it. Bethany, who are we? <laughs> are we jumping right into it? We it's are. It's taking five minutes. We are a couple of millennial dinks that live in Northeast Ohio uh, who like to sit around and drink and talk about stuff. And shout out to the Oinks, Only Income No Kids, and Dicks, Double Income Kids out there especially god the, the poor dicks out there trying to homeschool their kids and do everything else and also a special shout out today to our friends in pennsylvania 20 minutes away and cannot cross the border to get alcohol so no nope. nope. i got a 20 percent finder's fee my if my you're my looking to get something hit me up 20 percent i never fee. knew i never thought this would be part of this but here we are here we are here we are Speaking of missing out on stuff, <laughs> <laughs> nice segue here. Do you want to talk yes. about what we're drinking what about are we first? Drinking? Sorry, yeah. it's okay. We Sorry, I mean to... tonight, Jacob. We are drinking our favorite wines from a local winery called Deb Debonet. Is that it, Debonet? Yes. <laughs> it's up on the the luxurious GOTL. Geneva on the Lake, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> and we've been ordering it to go to support the local establishments. By the case. It's cheaper that way. We are on our second case. It's cheaper that way. And <laughs> cheers. 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 What kind do you have? Well, I'll let you know after I take a sip. Mm-mm-mm. We would have had a clanking sound with me cheers, but you're using a plastic cup. Who cares? There are um, no laws anymore. Apparently there are if you live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you can't. Good luck. Jeez. I always thought between the two states, we were the tight, tightly wound, you know, all the regulations yeah. and so forth. But it's turning out to be the other way around. Right. They are really. They are really. These really poor people. Anyway, um, this Debonet. is Debonet Winery. Um, this is, they have two rosés. This is the rosé of Pinot Noir, which mm. means it's drier. It's not a sweet rosé. I am not drinking that. I am drinking their blueberry. The blueberry wine. Blueberry wine because it is sweeter. And I like sweeter. Like strawberry wine. Like strawberry wine, <laughs> 17. It's delicious. Is it, does it taste bittersweet? Like the first taste of love? <laughs> oh, bittersweet. 
Oh, you just got it? <laughs> no, I Does was, it? That was the next part oh. of the song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were confused. <laughs> It's like strawberry wine. Is it like green on the vine? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how does uh, it taste? <laughs> Is it good? <laughs> oh, bittersweet. <laughs> Very good. This is the kind of content you get oh, man. from a pop culture, sports, whatever else podcast when there's no sports or pop culture happening. So uh, correct. There are no sports. There are no sports, although the Jordan documentary starts this weekend. I was going to say, there was a game of horse that we missed. Heard it was terrible, didn't watch. <laughs> I am desperate for sports. I really am. So I'll see how this documentary goes. But Ten parts, first parts one and two this weekend. This is one of those things that I'm going to wonder, when this documentary is over, are we still going to be in quarantine? <laughs> like This is yeah, how really. I'm measuring it now. That, how gray my hair gets, how long my nails grow out, kind of like rings on a tree stump, you know? Like right. Measuring the uh, the age or the length of time, since we can't remember what day it is. The last dance starts Sunday. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Ten weeks from now. Well, five, because they're playing two at a time. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh. Parts one oh. and two, three and four. So Shoot. Month. I don't think we'll be out by then, bro. So that's <laughs> a good thing because we'll have Inkers stuff to cross. watch. No, it's not oh. a good thing. I'm at my. I'm pretty much there at my breaking point. How do you feel? I'm all right. You think you could go a few more weeks? I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Need a haircut. I told someone today if it wasn't for my spinning bike and my ba- Bible app, this whole thing would be <laughs> donezo. I wouldn't be able to take it anymore. I, you'd see me on the news doing something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing keeping me sane right now. Like, I'm all right. Like, it sucks. It just feels like every day is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's literally Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. Every day. It sure is. It sure is. Yeah. How's your physical distancing going <laughs> out there in the world? <laughs> Let us know. Oh, what's that? Silence? Yeah, we're used yeah. to that because we're, it's just the two of us and the, the dog. Us. I'm just talking at a wall, talking at a wall, talking at a wall, rubbing my face, rubbing my face. Do don't you find... Do you find... <laughs> don't no, rub your you're t- not... Don't touch your eyes. But you're, that makes you want to touch Wash them, your hands. Wash your hands every 20 minutes. All right. You sound like a crazy person. Um, do you find that it helps that... At work, they make you, do they make you do video at work, or is that just a choice, or Some how's it going says, with the video conferencing situation? I'm definitely better equipped having this, a, a little bit of background doing this kind of stuff, where I mess around with this kind of technology, mm-hmm. as opposed to some other folks, some other colleagues. Yeah. I still haven't, I think I've turned my camera on once since this whole thing. Yeah. But I'm almost at the point where I'm that desperate that I might put it on, actually. I, I hate using video conferencing. I think I never know where to look. I'm always distracted. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? I don't have a good poker face. So if somebody says something stupid, I like make a face for sure. Yeah. I know I do. I can guess. <laughs> Before do. I even react. So, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. No, it's one of those 
there, there are definitely people that are okay with it. And then there are colleagues that are, you can tell this is their first rodeo. Is it helping though? Like, is it helping the social distancing? Or are you still feeling lonely? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you said you could go a few more weeks with this. So I'm good. I don't mind working from home. You just get into a groove. You get into a rhythm. It's not the working from home. It's the just being at home twenty four seven. Yes, it would be. It would be going. It would be going much better if I weren't also bound to the house after work. If it was right. just working from home, and then I could go do things, mm-hmm. I'd have no problems. I think a lot of people feel that way, probably. But yeah, it's the constant entrapment feeling. Yeah. Loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher, loading oh my the God. dishwasher, unloading All that the dishwasher. stuff, yeah, yes. Loading the dishwasher. Cleaning, washing the dishes. Unloading the dishwasher. Washing the towels. Loading the towels, washing the towels. Putting on sweatpants. Putting on sweatpants. Taking the sweatpants off. Washing the sweatpants, <laughs> making sure they're ready. Do I have sweatpants for tomorrow? My sweatpants are dirty. i got to wash my sweatpants and dry them for tomorrow. I haven't worn jeans. Dishwasher. I haven't, wore, I, haven't washed je- I haven't worn jeans in a month. You better hope they fit. <laughs> That's how you gain weight when you don't wear real pants for an extended period of time. I'm maintaining. As a person who's worked from home, you know. I'm maintaining I'm weight. You know. I'm letting you know I'm maintaining. I think I am too. Um, I'm doing 100 push-ups a day. Once I started spinning, That's now it. I'm hungrier, so I keep eating. I eat more now because my body's hungry, but that doesn't help lose. You're just maintaining. Just maintaining. But I don't want to maintain. I want to lose. <laughs> I'm really good at maintaining. So if I could just get to the weight I want to be Maintain. at, I'd be money. <laughs> money. Anyway, this is going off the rails. <laughs> you so were going to say, speaking of missing something We're missing or sports. Yeah. So this week, we tried. We are trying to, if you're missing sports as much as we are, we are trying to do our part to help fill that gap a little bit mm-hmm. um, with the sports void that may be left in your hearts um, right now during this time of physical distancing and social distancing and sports distancing and <laughs> distancing in general. Um, we sat down, sat down in quotation marks because we actually, we didn't actually. Sat down remotely. We sat down remotely <laughs> and we talked to, how should we, how should we introduce? She's a, Kate Popovic. She is a longtime friend of ours. Um, we've known her for a very long time. She is now the assistant women's basketball coach at Northwestern University. She's also their recruiting coordinator. And for a long time, for a few months, I've been, we've been going back and forth. Uh, I first approached her about sitting down to talk with us. I'm just interested in, she has a very interesting story. She's from Canfield, Ohio, Mm -hmm. um, graduated there, um, went to the University of Pittsburgh, transferred from the University of Pittsburgh to Northwestern. Played basketball at both. Played basketball at both. Many accolades. Um, Yeah, just super successful in her very young um, playing and now coaching career. She's worked her way up the ladder. to now, like I said, assistant basketball coach at women's basketball coach at, at Northwestern University. We were lucky enough to talk with her last week. Just kind of, I wanted to get, I wanted to talk about her story. I wanted to hear from her. Um, 
with everything going on and the way that the tournaments were were canceled, we thought we were going to have to delay the conversation mm-hmm. a little bit longer. But the way that the world works right now, it, it with all things considered, it worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I feel like, <laughs> well, I was just going to say, it, it was such a she's such a positive person to to speak with and hear from. And who doesn't need a little more positivity in their lives right now? So even if you're not into sports, which I can't believe you listen to us if you yeah. aren't, but even if you're not, um, this this discussion with Kate, she's just such an inspirational and passionate person. And she just makes you feel like you can get through anything. Yeah. I mean, if any of you are feeling like me right now with this uh, quarantine, just listen to this. It's going to make you feel better. And then get up every day and... Remind yourself of the inspiring words from Kate, yeah. <laughs> honestly, because <laughs> she's so positive. It's great. So yeah, and her story is very positive. To see someone just like before when we talked with Nick, it's so wonderful to speak with people who um, had a had a dream and a goal for their mm-hmm. lives and worked their way up and are now living those dreams out. It's it's wonderful to hear hear about that. So I, I think. Uh, Hopefully think, people like it. I but, think you'll get a, yeah, I think yeah. you'll get a, I think you'll enjoy it. So give it a little bit of time. Um, on the other side of the little segue here in just a second, um, you are going to hear our conversation with Kate Popovic. Enjoy. Hi, Kate. How are you? It's good to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Um, First and foremost, thanks for having me. I think like what you just explained to me, the kind of mission of your podcast, super cool. Um, And I'm just grateful to have a chance to kind of share my story and answer any questions i'm a talker so you chose a great candidate uh, for your show uh i was i'm a podcaster this is perfect for me so yeah. i'm excited to to get rolling awesome well, welcome to your 30s <laughs> thank you officially <laughs> thank you what a great start huh <laughs> yeah really that's you had a birthday recently what couple of weeks ago two three yeah. weeks ago yeah march 20th so yeah. right around almost the three yeah almost three weeks now and, so and mine was last tuesday so quarantine sh- yeah <laughs> they were awesome um great fantastic just right off the jump um what you you live in chicago now from canfield mm-hmm. um best pizza in chicago what's your oh what's your God. go-to so uh, Chicago people are gonna kill me for saying this. I'm not like the great, like the biggest deep dish person. Like okay. I can eat it when it's, but I would never be like, oh, I gotta have deep dish. If we're choosing a deep dish, it's definitely loose, the Chicago battle. Um, that would be my kind of go-to. So I'll have to go with the loose, the loose and the pizza battle. Um, and uh, there's a place called Dagestano's in, mm-hmm. uh, um, that's right by the Cubs stadium. That's really good. I like mm-hmm. that, it's in Southport pretty good they have really good wings totally underrated but it's like thin crust sheet pizza that's kind of more my preference so i'd have to go with those two but loses the deep dish battle for all my chicago visitors sounds good is that that's luminaldi's (laughs) i don't know (laughs) 
we're actually yeah. we're sorry actually, for non-Chicago people. <laughs> we're actually uh, for the Chicago tourists out there. <laughs> we're actually we got one cooking right now. We had one shipped. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, that's we're we got one cooking upstairs right now. So we like is it Giordano's? No, it's loose. <laughs> it's loose. Yeah. Um, we but, we don't mind Giordano's. No, we found <laughs> we found um, a couple years ago on one of our trips Pequod's pizza. Mm-hmm. That's like a new huge like people are yeah, about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we really really like we really like that one. So we could talk pizza for. 35 minutes and that be sure. the entire thing but that's not the reason i asked you to, i asked you to come on probably not a good uh it's good just plan when you're loose. quarantined because everybody will just eat yeah, pizza, eat pizza all the time pizza. so you have a really cool job and it's through a lot of hard work and you know it's not by chance that you do the things that you do tell us what you do explain how you got there just walk us through where you're how you got to where you are right now it's a very loaded um, question yeah i'm an assistant women's basketball coach at northwestern university um i'm going into my fourth season which is just nuts uh time goes so fast um i played at northwestern which was a great experience for me and i think just you know to get to where i'm at um basketball coaching and at this level is a really really difficult business to get into that's the hardest part um And, you know, you just need someone to kind of believe in you and give you a chance. So I was really lucky when I was getting out of college. Um, I had built really great relationships with my coaches here at Northwestern. And I actually played at the University of Pittsburgh before I transferred to Northwestern. And what was crazy is my position coach at Pitt had gotten a head coaching job at LaSalle University, and he was the first one to give me a job. So I think um, I started there as director of basketball operations, and the lesson that I learned in that was – be great at the job you're in. Um, I just did what I, you know, everything I could at the University of Pittsburgh to the best of my abilities, whether it was in the classroom, on the court, I just worked my butt off. And you would be surprised at who pays attention to that. And that's kind of how I got my first job in the business. Um, Literally, he called me up. He was like, I can't pay you anything. Like, but just come out here. I'll take care of you and I'll get you started. I just really want someone who's going to come work and, you know, help me in this position. I was like, all right, great. And, and then from there, uh, there was a position created at Northwestern called uh, Director of Player Development. My boss really wanted to bring me back and he wanted someone who had been an alumni there to kind of help um, rebuild a lot of alumni ties they felt they lost and also just to relate to the roster and kind of what our players went through that wasn't a coach, someone that was like yelling at them every day or controlling their playing time. Somebody's and been then, on it on the um, other side of it. Yeah. And just, I was still really young. I mean, I'm still young, but I like was fresh out of, you know, college, like fresh face. Like I'm talking like I'm 50, like back in the day, Um, back in my day. day. Uh, Yeah. But uh, were cell phones um, around then just want to make sure. You know, I had to use Al to transmit the mail, but, um, but they, uh, it was a really cool opportunity for me because in the two years there, I got to work really closely um, with the assistants on our staff. And they kind of realized like I was just this like super eager young buck, like trying to figure out how to be a coach. And so they literally just dumped work on me and were like, hey, take this. Hey, take that. And it 
it wasn't negative. It was like, Hey, this is how you're going to learn. And we're happy to help you. And so I worked under two really great recruiting coordinators in my time there. Um, Allison Goose, who's now the head coach at Yale and Carrie Banks, who just got her first head coaching job at Nebraska Omaha. And um, I learned a ton from them and then got my first job at Colgate and then was brought back to Northwestern and have been here ever since they can't get rid of me. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And I get to work at my alma mater for the guy I played for and, and under the administration that I played, you know, that was here in my time too. So it's just really unique opportunity, I feel like, and, and something that um, in a really difficult job uh, and kind of a very demanding profession, it's great to be able to work with people that you genuinely feel like are invested in you, mm-hmm. not just as, hey, can you get this recruit, but like as a person in my growth. And um, mm-hmm. it's really cool. And it makes you a lot better at your job. Awesome. That's awesome. So what is a typical, I know we've We've been going back and forth texting for a few months, you know, Mm -hmm. and when I first approached you about doing something like this, you were in the middle of the season. Yeah. What's a, to me, it seems like a 365 thing. So in a normal season, a normal, under normal circumstances, what does your job flow, job cycle look like? How does that, how does that work? Yeah. So I always say when I work, I binge work. And when I do have the rare time that I'm not working, it's very, very laxed and very low key. So, um, you know, our typical cycle, if we want to start in the summer is summer workouts, but the biggest part of our summer is we bring our girls to campus. They're here, um, doing light workouts. We have hour restrictions just based on the timing of the year with them. Um, so they're in their lighter hour restrictions then. So we do workouts. That's kind of where we do a lot more individual skill development. We'll put in some team concepts, but that's, again, just kind of more personalized for the kids. But that's our huge recruiting period. July recruiting is a huge undertaking, and I am our recruiting coordinator, so I'm responsible for all the logistics and organization behind that. Um, so I'm organizing a staff of all four of us to go out on the road um, and really you know, recruit. And there's a lot that goes into that just – having familiarity with the tournaments and obviously my other coaches help me with that. It's not like I'm just going in blind, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, just gathering the right information, knowing where we need to be and really just kind of articulating the vision of my head coach as to what we need to be looking for when we're out on the road. And it's gotten to the point where you're recruiting so young that you're looking at four or five classes at a time. And, um, July recruiting is psycho. You're running around like a madman. Like you don't sleep. You're flying all over the country, um, watching just, endless amounts of basketball games some are not very good uh so you know just just um you know there's strategy behind that so just being the person that organizes and communicates all that is is a lot um but it's it's a really cool part of the job and um as much as it's really a lot to handle I love that part I love the organizational part of it and and kind of coming up with and helping articulate the vision of my head coach um Mm -hmm. And then, so that's kind of the summer. Then we get a break while our kids go home. And there's kind of just this very quiet time in August and September where you're always recruiting, like you're always on the phone and you're always kind of staying in touch. But that's when I get to go home and see my family for a week and I'll go on vacation and Mm -hmm. and I'll go around the city and be with my friends. Like that's kind of the time where it's just very chill and laxed. And then once our kids come back in September, it is go time because we're on quarters. So like Mm -hmm. literally our kids come back, we have two, two weeks of like, preseason lighter workouts and then it's full go and at that time too we're also hosting a lot of our um prospects on campus for official visits so 
Uh, those are a huge undertaking. I, again, am responsible for all the logistics and planning of that. So that part is busy. And then, you know, we're also trying to prep a team to win a big 10 championship. That's our goal every year. Um, so I would say that that fall period is probably the craziest just because your recruiting responsibilities are so heavy and strong, but you're still really managing and like, you want your team to feel as if they're a priority as well. So, mm-hmm. um, as a whole staff, that part is really crazy. And then once you get in the season, like we're scouting, you know, you're still recruiting, recruiting is a little bit lighter, but you're still always recruiting. Um, that's definitely the 365 aspect of what we do. And the season's a grind. I mean, you're working seven days a week, you're in practice, you're traveling, you're on the road. Um, for us on our off days, it's not uncommon that we're out recruiting. Um, you know, and you're planning practice, you're trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, making changes, making adjustments. Um, we break up all the scouting reports on our staff between the three assistants. So we just rotate the scouts of opponents. Um, those are a really big undertaking scouting opponents. And then we hit the springtime, which is now we would have been playing in New Orleans last weekend, hopefully. Hmm. God willing. Four. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, now would be a time where we give our kids some time off, but they come back for spring workouts and we go out recruiting again. So that's kind of what the, that's, that's <laughs> the a cycle year. looks yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> is that so all? The no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, you know, after that, no, it's definitely crazy. It's, it's, it's definitely a lot going on. Um, and then, you know, I think too, within it, the part that often gets overlooked by, you know, the media and all this kind of stuff is, mm-hmm everything that happens behind the scenes, taking care of your players, the academic piece, you Mm -hmm. know, the management of personalities and personnel and, um, you know, just taking care of 15 kids that you promised your their parents you were going to watch out for and Mm -hmm. all the things that they go through. And I think if you talk to any coach, that's a lot of everyone's favorite part of the job is just those relationships you get to build with the team and um, your players, because those are lifelong bonds. And that's really, really, Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you supervise? Is it like a, you said you had a team of four. How does that work? Like, do you supervise recruiting? You said you super, you have a team of four when you're recruiting. Like, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty on how you do, yeah. but is it like a grad job? Is that where something you would have done coming up? Is it other people? So when we recruit like logistically and just like compliance wise, mm-hmm. only four coaches are actually allowed to recruit. So we're like the only people that are allowed to be on the phone, on the road, evaluating talent, all that kind of stuff. Um, we definitely have people on our staff that are support staff that help with just like, you know, like really kind of some of the grunt work that goes into it, um, which is really great. I did a lot of that when I was player development. That's kind of how I learned. Mm-hmm. Um but with our, with our, you know, with our coaches, we all recruit, like there's not one person that recruits more or less than yeah. the other. Um, you know, with us, I think our head coach is less responsible for like going out and like evaluating and finding talent. He needs to be the one really, you know, building the relationships and mm-hmm. with our priority kids and all that kind of stuff. But, um, in a sense of just our recruiting, like everyone recruits, everyone's on the phone, everyone's doing that stuff. I just organize it all. So when we have, you know, a coach that loves a certain player and comes to me, I put them on our board. I put them on our position list and kind of map out the overall plan. So we're just all on the same page as to what we need and what we're looking for. And, um, you know, my boss is the one that'll be like, Hey, you know, we, I really feel like we need a PG in this class. And, um, you know, he's very open-minded to our opinions too. And we'll hash out all those kind of things. Um, but I just am the one that keeps track of everything. And especially too, with rules and compliance, there's a lot that changes and a lot that, um, 
we need to be mindful of. Like we only have so many days that we can go out on the road recruiting. We have certain periods where you're not allowed to be out. I kind of, again, communicate all that with everyone. So I'm just like the organizational piece that just keeps the unit kind of in the same flow. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's not easy. I know, like you said, uh, it can't be with, that's the stuff you don't see behind the scenes with the media. And, you know, those are the stories that you don't hear. Um, I would really like to, I want to, want to give you a chance to glow on this past season for it ending as prematurely as it did. It wasn't without its accomplishments and you know what I mean? Like you had a great season. Like, um, I, you know, would just like to go on the record. I, I blog. And I think one of the things I wrote about kind of entering my birthday post was just the season was magical. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think the biggest thing I learned is that you think magic is just this thing that happens. No, you create and cultivate magic. And that's mm-hmm. what I learned this year. This group of girls is so special. Our staff is so special. Um, these things don't happen by accident. You mm-hmm. need things to bounce your way. You need the ball to bounce your way sometimes. But everything that happened this year was created by just a really tight-knit group of people that believed um, and worked and shared a common vision and, and loved each other. Um, so for me, it was just so special to see all of that translate into what you're working toward, and that's a championship. And um, it was incredible. I, and I think just the joy that this team had, you know, it was every moment was just full of joy. It was just, Mm -hmm. they, they were just, um, they are magical and special kids. We have a special staff. I have a special boss that cultivates that culture. Um, you know, I think it's great in athletics that you have someone that wants it to be fun. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't Mm -hmm. just be a job because it is hard. It's really, really hard. Uh, we work tremendously hard all the time. Our girls do too. And, you know, you need to be able to have joy. And um, it was magical. And to do it at a place that I for so long have believed in, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, Northwestern is never talked about in the athletic greats and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I recruit girls and we recruit girls to the vision of like, you can do both. You can be a great athlete, be a great student, go on to be whoever you want to be. So for them to win a big 10 title and also in the same quarter have the highest GPA they've ever had was like, that's phenomenal. It just spoke multitudes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I believe in Northwestern so much. And I think that the biggest thing I've learned through athletics is that athletics is just people like Mm -hmm. it's just people it's stories and um you know the people here are so special and I think that's why I just have always gravitated back um it's just people that really feel like home and Mm -hmm. uh so it's been it was really magical and for it to be cut short was just so so hard um Mm -hmm. and but at the same time like we just keep saying like you can't take it away like what we accomplished you Mm -hmm. cannot take away no one ever will. Um, we get to go down in the record books and be a small part of it and, and also build for the future, which is really cool. So absolutely. No, I mean, uh, big 10 champs first time since 1990, correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just reading. I read that you finished a ranked 11th in the AP. Is that the highest ever? Yep. Okay. 
didn't That's want to awesome. assume, but you know, lots of great. lots of highest ever's first best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you crazy. when did you know this season that it was like we've got something? And it might not even be this season, like you said, it's something you cultivate over a long period of time. But when did you when did you know that like I think we can win the Big Ten. I think we can. I think we can. When did you know? I guess is my my question. Um, personally, I knew last year when we made the WNIT run. Because mm-hmm. um, postseason play, I- I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of teams. That by the time the postseason rolls around, they are praying they don't make a postseason tournament. Like yeah. they don't want to because they don't like their teammates. They don't like you know they don't really love the game. Just want to be done. Wrong. Yeah, and um, when you make a postseason tournament, and our girls just fought tooth and nail to get everything in that WNIT run, and I was just like, this team does not quit. And I think the thing we needed more than anything was we were just so young, and we still are pretty young, was those experiences. Like, you need to go through the battles to understand how to win them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew the way that we fought down the line, I was like the games that we lost that season by six or seven points. Now those are the games we're going to win. And that's Mm kind of what you saw happen. It was, we were so good closing games. Um, And it's just because we had that experience and they gained the confidence to close games. And we had multiple people that can make the plays to close games. And they really believed in each other to close games. Like there were games where you like the Indiana game is the one that sticks out to me this year. Like, there was no way we should have won that game. Like mm-hmm. we were on the road in a hostile environment. Indiana is one of the toughest places to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I was, um, I'm our defensive coach. So I'm in the huddle and I'm just like rallying these girls. And they weren't looking at me like coach pop, you're full of it. Like, what are you talking about? Like they were looking at me like they were, they could see into my soul. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, these girls are about to win this game. I don't know mm-hmm. how they're going to do it, but yeah. they're about to win this game. And, um, you know, it just showed that we had that grit that it takes and the belief in each other just to get anything done. doesn't matter who's in our way. Um, so it was really cool to see all that come to life for them. Awesome. Um, what was it like to fill in as head coach for a game? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, by the way, how did you find out? How did you, how did that all go down? That was, that was, that was crazy. Um, I, like I said, I can't speak enough to the people here at Northwestern and the faith that they have in me, they've seen me grow up. Like when I have looked back and reflected at my time here, I have been at Northwestern and known these people a third of my life. Like, so they've literally watched me grow from a 20 year old, you know, young player that transferred. Transfer student. Yeah. No connections to the, you know, you're not from the area. Yeah. Exactly. Into now, a full-fledged Big Ten assistant that they trusted to put me in the position to be a head coach for a Big Ten game. Like, <laughs> I wasn't going up against, like, our, you know, our mm-hmm. exhibition game. Like, I was like, oh, God, like, this is Michigan State. Right. So it was crazy. So my boss, is he's real chill, like, real laid back, except on game day. But, like, he's very calm, like, chill. And so my phone rang at 930 in the morning on a game day, which it typically doesn't do because – um game days are very, very relaxed. Like we have a meeting before shoot around and it's kind of like everyone does what they need to do to focus on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like nine 30. I'm like this. He either butt yeah. dial me or like something is wrong. Right. So um, he's like, Hey, Hey, where are you? Where are you at? <laughs> I was like, 
I'm in the office. There's like just getting some stuff together. And he's like, we got a problem. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And my secretary, who I call like our office mom, was sitting in there. She's kind of just going over some stuff with me. And I was like, he's like, I'm sick. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, and, and I'm just really contagious. Like, I'm going to be fine. And he's like, but my options are to coach sick, which is just not going to happen. There's too much risk of getting these girls sick. Right. Or, you know, you're going to coach. And I was like, and and I was like, okay. And like, you have to understand my boss. Like he's very, not like a micromanager. He's a person that's like, Hey, guess what? I'm going to throw you off the cliff and let you spread your wings. And you're either going to fly or you're going to fall to the ground, but mm-hmm. you're going to figure it out. Right. So he's like, you're going to coach. Like, are you okay with that? How do you feel? And I was just like, <laughs> I, I, I like did not know what to do. So I was like, I was like, you know what, coach, I got you. Like, I have your back, like whatever you need. Like, I got this, like for sure. Like, feel better. We're going to win this game. Don't worry about it. Like, we got you. And um, because as a head coach, like you never think about that. What if, if I'm sick or something uh-huh. happens during a game, right. <laughs> you don't yeah. get days off. So right. um, it was a really unique situation. And so I just then like proceeded to like, fall out of the chair I was sitting in and like have a meltdown and um what was really funny is you could tell when he told people like about it because my phone would go off and so like he told like my one coworker who I'm super close with and she called me and she's like pop chill out you got this you cool. like, don't even worry about it and um my other coworker was like you're gonna be great like you got this what do you need me to help prep you for like it was so it was, it was really cool. that's and, awesome um I literally like felt like I was gonna like crap myself when I was like, <laughs> ready for the game to start like and then but it was so weird I kind of when I got up and I got in the box like the biggest thing is I didn't know if I was like gonna sit stand pace yeah, yeah. um I once I the first play went and what was crazy is the first play of the game we gave up a freaking three-pointer to the best shooter on the team <laughs> and you would think I'd be like oh oh god and uh I felt very calm. And actually, I remember they started the game um, on a, I think, on a 6-0 run. And another one of their really good shooters shot a three. And if it went down, I was like, I'm going to have to call a timeout. We're yeah. about to be down nine zip. <laughs> yeah, nine and, like, right this out is of terrible. the jump. Yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden she missed. And we went on, like, this crazy run. And, like, that was it. And um, it was it was really awesome. It was really surreal. But it was you know, once it got going, I was like, I'm going to be able to do this one day. Like, yeah. this is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think the coolest thing about it was like, I will forever be able to say my first head coaching game ever was at my alma mater. Mm-hmm. And we won by 30. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, woo! That's something good you can put well. on the resume. That's a resume yes. builder. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and um, I had looked at our one of our best players and she's just a baller, like a gamer. And before the game, I was like, listen, pool, if you drop 30 tonight like that really helped me out and she's like she literally looks at me and goes I got you I was like thank you appreciate you girl appreciate you that's awesome yeah well you also Uh, handled you handled the mic post game very well watched your your press conference too so. Thank you. Thank you very much. That, ironically, was the part I was not nervous about. Um, I'm like, I can get on the mic. I'm good about that. Yeah. Cool. Shoot, a, shoot the questions at me. I got you. 
That's right. How does this compare to the post <laughs> the yeah, post the, game press conference? Yeah, this is probably this a breeze. This is probably yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the rapid fire questions from Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, listen. Everything prepared me for this moment. That's all I can say. Everything prepared me for this moment. So I appreciate you, Kate. <laughs> I appreciate you. So, what's next for you? Like, um, that's uh, crazy. I think you know the one thing that is interesting about life is you dream of these big opportunities and these big moments, and when they happen. It, 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 you kind of can't process them. I had a very amazing year in 29. I think everything that I ever kind of imagined would happen to me as a young professional, as a young woman happened. Um, and it was just insane to, to process it all and, and just to take a step back and really realize like, wow, this is amazing. But like, I'll, I'll say it again. You just realize that you get to these moments with the people that matter and and you just you look back at the relationships that you have and that you build and you're just like dang this is this is what got me here um and it was really cool because I actually got to come home to Canfield and I was inducted into my hall of fame Congratulations! and I really realized like that's where all this kind of started was in this little town where I was just this like super tall overly competitive little psychopath that loved basketball and like you know it, it led me here so it, everything came really full circle um in the year which was great and so I think for me what it, it, it kind of taught me was just you know never as cliche as it sounds like dream big and also um you know I think I've really come to terms with professionally I do want to be a head coach um I do want to have my own program and hopefully one day like I will be at the helm of Northwestern like when all is said and done with my boss and the greatness that he's achieved here, hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, one day I will be able to look back and be like, yep, like I'm a head coach at my alma mater. I think that's kind of my ultimate dream okay. um, job. So just now I think the next step is working to get there yeah. and mm -hmm. kind of figuring out what that looks like. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are involved and thankfully invested in that process for me. I have tremendous mentorship from my boss, from other coworkers and, friends in the business from our administration, um, just, just people that really have my back and like, believe in me. And I think that's just, I don't think I'll ever be able to process kind of that type mm -hmm. of support that I've been able to have and, and, and to just, it all starts at home. And I have like a great family. They're mm -hmm. completely insane. And they're all back home <laughs> in Little Kingfield, Ohio. And I'm just kind of, their like, free, independent, wild person in Chicago that they just are like, dream big, do it. Like, we love you. Even though my mom like gets nervous about every single thing I do. Like, that's my story. Yeah. That's so, I, that's so great to hear. Cause it's not like that everywhere. So when you find people that you can really invest yourself in and they reciprocate that and you're doing all these great things, I just, I don't know. That's, it's just so great to hear. So I'm very, yeah. very happy for, for you in the position you're in and excited to see where where things are going um i guess the last question i have is um we were talking before you know you said with with everything being in the state that it's in now everybody's kind of on lockdown you said you've been able to kind of do more things just relax and maybe other hobbies that you what what are you doing how are you filling the time what other kinds of 
hobbies do you have? And I know you're a writer. I know we've been, yeah. I've been reading your stuff for a long time and especially this week leading up to this. So I know you're very skilled in that arena too. So where does that passion come from? And yeah, um, you know, it's crazy in the quarantine because I'm still working a ton. I'm on the phone like all day. And <laughs> my boyfriend is like, you're on the phone all the time. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> my I make the big bucks. But uh, right. <laughs> again, I think taking the time just professionally to dive into the things I want to do and, and really using this time to grow in that arena. But also I do think the most important part and the thing I tried to, to grasp early is not to lose myself in the job which is really, really easy to do in athletics. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just having some time to be quote unquote normal. Um, I do like to cook. That's been really cool. I love to read. I love to write. I'm a big music person as well. Um, I have started watching How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I'm going to say, no matter what anyone says, it is not better than Friends. So Ew, people say that? that Stop it. Yes. I've never seen seen it. They compare it to friends. There's no, no way. There's only <laughs> That's one <friend>. disgusting. Um, <laughs> That's the most yeah, controversial no. thing that we've ever talked about. Okay, sorry. Beth, <laughs> we're on the same team, girl. We are on the same team. Um, yeah, so just kind of diving into that stuff, I, I do love um, to write and, and read and, and dive into kind of those more um, – creative aspects of myself. I was always a pretty well-balanced kid, uh, even though basketball was the kind of thing that stood out. When I was in high school, I was like the person. I was in the choir. Um, I was secretary of student council. I was in NHS. I was like in all this stuff. Like I was never home. I was always out and about. Um, So just taking the time to do that. But I also think to just trying to take a little bit more time to be invested in my personal relationships. just being mindful of like, hey, let me pick up the phone and call my friend and see how she's doing or mm-hmm. make sure I FaceTime my mom all the time. Um, you know, just doing that kind of stuff. And, and I think taking advantage of the time, like my high school friends and I every Friday do a virtual happy hour with our husbands, our boyfriends, our oh, you know, significant cool. others. Awesome. Yeah. And I kind of got to thinking about like, it's crazy that like we could have because we all live in different places. Like we could have done this without the quarantine, mm-hmm. right? you know, mm-hmm. but now we're doing it with the quarantine. We're really focused on that. And then I hope that's one thing that, you know, I can carry out of the quarantine is mm-hmm. that. And I think the biggest thing is too, I was thinking about this today. Um, we are such a technologically like obsessed group. Like you could be having a conversation with someone and be like on your phone and I hope that now that that's because the only it's the only outlet we have and the only resource we have, you realize that cannot replace human connection mm-hmm. at yeah, all. Absolutely. And like how much everyone misses just being able to like bop over to your families or mm-hmm. going to dinner outside mm-hmm. of your own apartment. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so I hope that when all of this is over and our computers and our phones, those are the only resources that we've had we realize that the value is way beyond that. And mm-hmm. when it's taken from you, I think, um, again, sadly enough, you learn to appreciate it more, but I hope that, you know, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, if there's one thing I take out of this, it's that when I'm with my people, I do this with this and mm-hmm. put it down and right. take that time. And hopefully everyone is less obsessed with TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> and all this thing. Um, but yeah. yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of been my quarantine vibe. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day too, just how I feel more connected to people now 
with all this going on because we've we've put together big uh, Zoom groups of people I used to work with that I hadn't talked to in maybe a year or two, maybe longer, that just kind of lost connection. But we were able to spend, I think we ended up the night we did it, I think we were on Zoom for like five hours talking to each other. Something yeah. that we normally, we had just lost touch. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I hope I hope that it kind of that that human interaction. I hope we keep that past this. So yeah, um, but I mean, I just wanted to say I know that it, with everything crazy going on, it's just been it's been so nice to watch you. Just kind of we've known each other for a, a long time now. You yeah, know? like since um, I was probably what eighteen. Yeah, right? <laughs> so um, it's just been so nice to watch you grow and you know the things you've achieved and be successful and be passionate and just doing the things that you're doing. You know, you're obviously very, you've, you've built yourself quite a a career and I can't wait to see, we can't wait Mm -hmm. to see where, where it goes next. And, you know, hopefully one day we can look back on this and say, remember that time we, we interviewed the now head coach at Northwestern or (laughs) wherever it is you, you know, you find yourself. Um, but just, so happy for you so yeah you know continue, you. continued success you. absolutely so oh thank you guys so much i know um you know it is it's crazy to think about just how quickly everything's gone in the time and mm. like uh beth your brother was playing me in practice at boardman high school like literally <laughs> just the weirdest things in the world but uh, no I'm, I'm super grateful and i you know i think the one thing too i realized in all this is how much i just can't wait to get home and see my family mm-hmm. um yeah i miss mm-hmm. them a lot and you know this when i have downtime like this is the time i used to go home so mm-hmm. yeah i'll be ready to make a trip i call it the bubble that can't feel <laughs> the bubble um as soon as i can and then just hug up on my family and uh yeah. you know just get home is where the heart is and can't build I'll always be home, even if I can't live on the compound with the rest of the <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It was it was so much fun. Stay safe where wherever you're holed up. I you know I know you. I read your your latest um, story about getting out and running, and Chicago feels different and you know, just, just all that. So stay safe wherever you are. And I hope to connect with you again in person. Yeah. In person <laughs> very, very soon. So absolutely. Well, you guys, hopefully we can have, I don't know if you guys have heard the 30, 40, 90 party that's going to yeah. be happening in Popovics whenever we're out of quarantine. I turned 30, yes. my sister's turning 40 and my grandma turned 90. I'm so. in. Yeah. I'm in. My well, dad wants to have a big pool party yes. bash. So <laughs> I've heard about the you know. 40th mega party, but that was back in January. So I have no doubt now that it's turned into like what you described with the 30, oh, 40, yeah. 90. It's, that's, that yeah. sounds and, epic. And Michelle is like begging me. She's like, you need to be a part of the party because I, not 40. I don't want it to 40. Like, <laughs> she's like, so you can take some of the heat. I'm like, oh, cool. 30's great. Like, what? I love um, I love I, my thirties. I love my thirties. Yeah, you get to been, um, you're still young. You get to do all the irresponsible things, but now you have a little bit of money to fund it. So, a <laughs> little bit of little bit of money. Uh, I think a little bit of sense and sense. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Like cash exactly. in my pocket, and also a little more mindfulness. Exactly. Like smart. Not be dumb. So, but uh, thank you so much, Kate. Thanks, it was Kate. it was good to talk to you, and we'll talk to you very soon. 
All right, guys, best of luck. Stay safe and healthy. And hopefully I'll see you guys sooner, much sooner rather than later. So absolutely. Yep. Bye, Kate. All right, take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. So that was Kate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really hope you didn't hope you enjoy that. Um, it was fun. Um, the one thing that I forgot to mention before the interview is out of all the things we've accomplished on this little rinky dink podcast in our basement, it's our first it's the first show that we've ever had to have approved by a compliance director in the NCAA. So we did Moving have, on up. We had to sit on that for a couple of days while she sent that along just to make sure that everything was was good on their end and we weren't violating anything and just when you when we sat down it was something i said more than happy to it's a feather in our cap we are approved by the ncaa this is what happens when you interview famous people yeah. you have to go through the the legal processes and right. whatnot so there so you go happy to do that <laughs> happy to um, bring that to you i hope you enjoyed it um, one thing that I did want to also bring up is, as you heard Kate talk about towards the end of, of the conversation, she, on top of all her coaching accomplishments, accomplishments and all the things she's involved in, um, she's a writer. And I know she talked a little bit about that towards the end. Um, just wanted to pass along. If it's something you are interested in learning more about Kate, hear her story, want to follow along with the things she's writing... Um, you can find her her pieces um, at katemariepop.wordpress.com. And really, she's a very inspirational... Uh, I don't want to talk about her like I'm like... Young lady. Yeah, young lady. Like I'm, <laughs> like I'm so... Uh, not that, but she is. It's she uh, really We've known is. her since yeah. she was in high school. Yeah. And to see her grow up and really just accomplish all that she's accomplished in a very short amount of time is just awesome to see so she's just she, you could she's always been this way though yeah. it's just such a special person so yeah so happy um, to be happy to to see that and just be yeah. a little a little part of her world so yeah seriously this is why their whole family like yeah. we get around them and we're like oh we haven't done anything yeah, with our done, lives accomplished anything so <laughs> kate and the rest of them <laughs> they're, they're they're all very inspirational and positive people yeah. and then there's us like complaining about sitting at home on day 33 with a quarantine <laughs> she's out there doing her thing she's the out world. there doing her thing so so awesome again hope you enjoyed that um that's really that's really gonna about do it for this week mm-hmm you have any real quick grinding your gears, or do you want to leave it on a note of positivity? Let's this. try to leave it on a note of Let's positivity. Let's leave it on a note of positivity this week. Go. Um, <laughs> do you have one? Oh, I th we're actually doing one. Um, <laughs> I thought you wanted to. I just thought we were just going to leave it and not oh, not air our dirty laundry. Shoot. No. no. Yeah, low. Do you that's... have a hot, like a positivity? That's not dirty laundry. That's positive. Clean laundry. Is, do you have one? Oh man. Um dead air, we're dead still air. healthy. Yes. We yeah. have not, to our knowledge, gotten it. Yeah. Maybe we have. I don't know. Um, and uh we were able to rebook our, our cruise. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> vacation. <laughs> the world's burning and we rebooked our vacation. So. <laughs> 
we still have our jobs. We're still We're in, cranking yes. along. Uh, yeah. Um, it, yeah. Let's <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening this week. Um, we will be back soon. If you want to contact us or listen along, um, follow us on our Facebook page at Drink It Over. Our Instagram is Drink It Overcast. Gmail for all your wonderful messages is drinkitovercast at gmail.com. Um, listen to us on iTunes or Google Play at Drink It Over. Or listen to us with your TuneIn or Alexa at Drink It Over Podcast. Bethany, any final words for this week? Stay safe, happy, and healthy out there, everybody. Couldn't have said it better myself. Stay safe out there. Love every one of you. We will talk to you again. Virtual hug. Virtual (laughs) hug. We will talk to you again very soon. Bye. Bye.